I'm Ava Hartling, and this week I'm speaking with Bianca Osborne. I am an on-air cooking expert for CTV and a chef. As women, we often have a complicated relationship with food, from body image to diet culture and to how we were brought up around food itself. We also know that nutrition is a key element when it comes to our health, affecting everything from our immune system to our energy levels and how our skin and hair look. I spoke with Bianca about what food means to her, how nutrition plays a role in her approach to wellness, and how she's made her passion for food her career as a chef and on-air cooking expert. Welcome to The Brand is Female. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Today's episode is presented by Jameson Vitamins. From now until July 31st, every time the hashtag here for her health is used on social media, Jameson is going to donate 50 cents to the Canadian Women's Foundation, a nonprofit organization that helps women and girls move out of violence, out of poverty and into confidence and leadership. Jameson's also offering our listeners a chance to win some of their supplements. I'll share how you can enter a bit later in this episode. My journey to now is like pretty long and winding, if I'm being honest, but I'll give you like the half Cliff's notes. I'll sure. give, I, the long version, maybe be here all afternoon. Um, so I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm Caribbean. So my dad is from Barbados and my mom is from Trinidad. And so food and like celebration centered around food are just like how it is in the Caribbean community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been around women who are cooking. My grandmas are like my first inspiration as far as cooking is concerned. But I didn't really know that I wanted to be a chef growing up necessarily, even though like food was definitely like centric in my life as far as like celebrations, when I was sad I would eat, when I was like celebratory, when I was bored, you know what I mean? I'm like one of those Mm. people like I'm thinking about the meal I'm having next as I'm like eating the meal I'm eating because I just like love food. Right, right. Um, But uh, I initially went, so I live in Toronto now, but, and I like moved here in 2017, Mm -hmm. but I lived here before in my old life because I actually studied jazz music first in Toronto at Humber College. So I was here for four years just doing that and then doing like nothing, just like hanging out and like being young and cool in my eyes. Yeah. Um, So the second like part of my journey and like sort of me becoming an entrepreneur and like getting to now all really started in like 2007. Seven, um, because I like was sort of forced to move back and get my life together, move back to Edmonton, that is, and get my life together mm-hmm. because my parents were kind of like, okay, what are you doing with yourself <laughs> other than spending like our money? So um, I moved back to Edmonton and I went to culinary school. And again, like, I think it's just like one of those things where like the universe takes you on your journey whether you like realize it or not yeah because yeah. um I only went to culinary school just because I was like super confident that I could get in right and that I could do well just because like I knew how to cook like I've always known how to cook right um and it's you know getting my life together is like going back to school so <laughs> I did that and as soon as I finished school I started a catering company with one of my really good friends at the time mm-hmm. and he still has the catering company in Edmonton it's still flourishing thriving um 
And so we did that for about a year and a half together. And then we parted ways as business partners. Mm -hmm. And I started, like, I went back to school for nutrition and studied, just got, like, some certificates in, like, vegetarian nutrition, vegan nutrition, things like that, Mm -hmm. just to kind of, like, give myself a little bit of a, like, edge up against other people who were in the culinary space at the time. And that was when, like, juice cleanses were starting to be huge and, like, all of that conversation really started. So, like, 2013. And so at that time, I also started my own thing, which was like called the Vitality Kitchen. And we did healthy catering, prepared meals, juice cleanses. I also taught out of that space, did like meal planning. Like I just did everything. Mm -hmm. And this was like what I thought was my dream at the time. And then as I was like into it and had like employees and all this responsibility, I like quickly realized it was like actually a nightmare and my personal nightmare. So it was kind of an interesting part, like, journey in my life just because I can see what happens when you're not like really always checking in with yourself and making sure like is this really what I want to do is this really what I want to do because I got so deep into it doing what other people were saying like I should do as a business and like what other people wanted as opposed to what I wanted to do and felt like passionate about and before I knew it it, like kind of got away from me and uh, I didn't really see myself in the business anymore but In 2016, um, there was the beginning of a recession in Alberta, and Mm -hmm. I kind of just, like, saw the writing on the wall early and um, decided to move to a private model. So as opposed to doing, like, cooking classes and all that stuff within my own space, I would just, like, be a private chef for people in their homes, Mm -hmm. um, do cooking classes for, like, people in their homes and their friends and that kind of thing. So that ended up being really good for me. But in that year... um, in addition to just being, like, a really dark year, because my identity was really wrapped up in, like, Vitality Kitchen and, like, that being... Because, again, I, like, kind of all started... I did so many things, again, to just, like, prove to people, like, I was an adult, I had my shit together, and, like, Mm -hmm. that kind of vibe. So... In 2016, I had to kind of like unpack all of that and really figure out what I wanted, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to become. And I mean, it's messy work, but I had to do it because I kind of got to that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in 20, and then I decided in that year that I wanted to move to Toronto because I kind of thought like, and I always wanted to be on TV and like be on the Marilyn Dennis show, like all the things that like I do now, mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Um, and like had put on my vision board and everything, but really oh, had no idea that. how it was going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But, um, Um, I, uh, just decided I could be a private chef in Toronto. So I moved in 2017 on February 5th, 2017. It'll always be a like really big day for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I moved here, I just started like doing private chefing for like people around the city, um, all over Toronto, like the GTA. So like Etobicoke, the beaches, Lawrence Park, like everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work, that commuting life, um, And just in the process of doing that, like going out, meeting people, um, just like being myself, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I just like met the right people who eventually sort of got me introduced to some producers at the Marilyn Dennis show. So I ended up becoming their one of their cooking experts Mm -hmm. uh, on February 5th, 2019. So again, (laughs) big day. Um, (laughs) Exactly. I I like that you remember the date, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, big well because I actually have a like I have a like reminder in my phone every year on February 5th it goes oh, off 
off at like 7 a.m. And it's like, congratulations, like Toronto Day. So I didn't real, I didn't like put two and two together because when I was getting ready for the Maryland Dennis show, like my first one, I was just so nervous. I want to be so prepared. So I like wasn't even thinking about that. And so when I got up the day to do Maryland Dennis, it like went off on my phone and I was just like, oh my God. Like it was insane. It was one of those like full circle moments for sure. Right, right. Um, and so I've been doing that and I continue to do that um, even from home because that production team is amazing. We're pulling it off. And then I just announced that I'm going to be working with Gusto TV, which is a part of like the CTV Life family mm-hmm. and yeah. working on my own cooking show. That's so amazing. So Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And we're speaking Thank to you, you so much. just before you start shooting, I believe. Yeah, we're just about to start production um, in like four days. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. Yeah. So what is it about, because you obviously, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of of us love food, obviously. And then a lot of chefs, you know, uh, really enjoy that process of of creating using food and, uh, you know, the recipes, the, the, the culture. What is it that you love so much about sharing your passion for food? Because you, you know, you've chosen to be a chef, but in a context where you're literally uh, sharing what you know with an audience, whether it's your own show on TV, etc. So tell me about what that means for you. Um, I mean, I just like love to talk. I've said that before, <laughs> but I d- I've always like loved to talk when I was younger on all my report cards. It would be like, you know, good student, but if she like would focus more, you know, can't be in groups. Like I was always a person that was like moved out of a group because I just like love to talk to people, to myself, to anyone who will listen. Um, And I'm just like passionate about food. Mm -hmm. And I've always been really passionate about food. And I think that it's one of those things that you like everybody eats. So it's something you can like connect to everyone on to Mm -hmm. some degree. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, my profession, like it's when I say what I do, like I can get into conversations with pretty much anybody just because people love to talk about food, something that they made, this recipe that they saw, like all that. It's a universal topic um, that anyone can relate to. It is a universal topic. So, um, it's just like a blessing for a chatty person like myself that I like just get into conversations about it. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like just food is, like, I think it's beautiful from just, like, an aesthetic perspective. I mm-hmm. love to take pictures of food. I'm always taking pictures of food. Um, but I also just think that, like, it's so great. Like, when I get, like, a nice foam on a latte milk, I, mm-hmm. like, love that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I get so excited about it. But, I mean, not everyone is like that, but that's why I do what I do. And I hope that, yeah. like, when I, like, share on Instagram and stuff, it's just meant to really just, like show people like how excited I am about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and we can tell. So you have a true passion for food. And I love you brought up um, the additional schooling that you obtain also looking at nutrition and obviously the the role that food plays in our overall health and approach to wellness and self-care. So what does that look like for you? And maybe... You know, what What I want to ask you, what's your relationship with food in terms of what you eat yourself? Well, this is actually such an interesting question to ask me right now, because right when we all kind of went into quarantine, I don't know when this comes out, but mm-hmm. when we went into quarantine, I found out. <laughs> I think, I think for the last. Was, was, will still be a topic for months to come. So <laughs> yeah. <we're>, you're good. <laughs> for years to come. Okay, cool. Um, so I, for the last, it's about two years almost now, 
had been dealing with just like these like patches of like eczema that I could not get rid of. And like uh. they just kept popping up and they're like so itchy and like everything that I knew about nutrition, I was applying to it and like applying it like heavily, like strong, like eating so many berries, turmeric, like right. coconut milk, like all of these different things. Yeah. And so after much, much, much research, um, I found it at the beginning of quarantine that I'm allergic to something called salicylates, which are in essentially oh. every single healthy food. So it's really like now the way I used to think about like food and wellness and dieting and all of that has changed considerably because Mm -hmm. I used to be the person that would say like, oh, you know what, whatever is your problem, you need to eat more like leafy greens. In my case, those leafy greens are actually making me worse. You know, so like, so I think when it comes down to like um, eating, uh, it's really such a personal thing. And I think people have to really pay attention to how they feel when they eat things and not like an emotional feeling. You have to kind of separate your emotions from food because like it does not feel the same way about you. I promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the best like that. You just summed it up the best way. And that's the way I feel about dairy, for example. I love dairy and dairy, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, it it conveys images of, you know, comfort and joy and like amazing positive childhood memories. But dairy does not like me. So I have to say dairy, even though it feels so amazing to think of, you know, an ice cream bowl or something like that. Yeah, it's true. And so I think once, you know, you can sort of disassociate your feelings from like the food you eat, mm-hmm. um, then you can start to think about like how food really makes you feel. You know, does yeah. it make you bloat? Yeah. Does it like hurt your stomach? Does it give you a headache? Does it make you break out in rashes? Like, mm-hmm. had I been logically looking at what like the reaction that was happening in my body with like all of these like breakouts, I would have seen it would have it been become clear to me that it was something that I was eating Mm -hmm. but because I had just been so like narrow-minded about like this is healthy yeah I kind of missed the mark for a long time and it wasn't until someone told me and I like looked it up and I'm like oh okay cool got it um but it's a very strict diet and it's changed like how I feel about like eating and cooking like I cooked for my roommates the other day and it was just like so pleasurable because I could like cook things that I like really want to eat but I can't right now okay so cook them for somebody else yes so I mean taking any and all applications uh to cook for people (laughs) (laughs) because it's nice to just like play with food that's not like directly that I eat because like I said my diet is very strict right now but that being said as a chef having like um now having a food allergy of my own. It's not a forever food allergy. It's more like something you have to kind of just like work on. Okay. But I have a better appreciation for people who do have like food allergies that like don't go away. Right. Like celiacs. Yeah. Like people have peanut allergies or any nut allergy. Like I was, wouldn't say I was flip before, but I definitely sort of was just like, well, I guess, you know, you, you can't eat out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That was kind of just like my thought around it. But mm-hmm. now being that person, I am so much more compassionate and empathetic to having to like, you know, really like get your feet wet and sink your teeth into cooking. Like I, I've said so many times over the last three and a half months of like eating this way that Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky that I'm a chef because if I wasn't I would be eating like three things right that's right (laughs) you know so and there's also so we live in you know a diet culture whether we recognize it or not and there's this obsession with you know we even use words like clean eating or you know there's certain um 
uh, there's certain types of foods, uh, specific foods that we've been taught now that we should be staying away from. And what you're bringing up is that this is all very personal. So what is what is right for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it's actually going to have a positive impact on your own health. So, and I, I feel like we've lost a little bit of that um, healthy connection with food, right? There's so many wrongs attached to it. How do you think we can get back to having a more positive uh, relationship with what we eat? I think, you know, for all of its negatives, what COVID has shown people is that it's not just about like cooking for sustenance. There's so many things that you can get from cooking and cooking food that you love and that like loves you back and that whole process of it. Like I mm -hmm. think a lot of people during this quarantine time, you know, you, I mean, many a meme out there saying like, you know, no summer body this year or whatever <laughs> the heck. Yeah. But also like, I think at the same time, what that did was like people just started enjoying their food. You know, yeah. they weren't like eating gluten free or getting ready for the summer, you know, doing this juice cleanse. Cause it was like, look, I could get sick tomorrow. You know, I want to eat like what I want to eat. I want to live my life. And I hope that we carry this forward because I think what a lot of people have seen is one, cooking for yourself, though the process of grocery shopping has gotten increasingly more hectic, cooking for yourself isn't necessarily that hard. Yeah. Um, you can, you can, there's a lot of shortcuts that you can use. It can also be really enjoyable. I think a lot of people have found themselves enjoying cooking. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's how we get back to, um, like just like a better appreciation of where our food comes from how it treats us how we mm -hmm. treat it you know people aren't wasting as much as they used to before because That's nobody true. wants to go and do that like grocery store mission <laughs> like nobody is up for that right now That's so, so you know you get things that last a long time you yeah. store them properly like you're looking making sure your fridge is at the right temperature like all of that stuff is going on so i think those little things are going to mean a lot as far as people starting to just like bring it back to being about food and not like dieting yeah. who yeah. cares yeah and i'm curious so we're also in a context um you know there's a movement a protest uh, about racial injustice that's going on really around the world um and the the upside is that we're we're having a lot of conversations um about race about what it means about how you know we've been raised in a society where unfortunately there is systemic racism whether we again realize it or not um, and there is a lot of talks to around that image. Um, and this is something that, you know, crosses over with uh, with feminism, where women especially uh, have this uh, idea of what the desirable, you know, body type is or, or of what we're supposed to look like. And I think that also further disconnects us from, you know, that healthy relationship with food because we've come to hate the way we look, uh, and, and often it's because of what we've been eating or not eating. Um, and I'm curious to know, how is it for you growing up? Obviously, you have a love for food and a passion for food that goes back to, you know, to, to your, to, to when you were quite young. What was it like growing up in your family and what were the traditions around food? So, I mean, my grandma's still show like affection and care through food mm. and I think all grandmas are yeah, like that yeah, yeah. but it's interesting because my mom doesn't 
well, no, I lie. She cooks a lot now, but growing up, my mom was not the best cook because my grandma cooked for me and okay. she like cooked lots and like, you know, we had Sunday family dinners. But as I got into my teen years, one of my grandmothers got Alzheimer's. She passed away when I was 18. Um, and that's okay. I mean, it's a terrible disease, but yeah, we'll is. get through, yeah. you know, uh, one illness at a time, as they say, one thing at a time. Right. So, um, so uh, I think as I got into my teen years, I started playing competitive basketball and food became more about fuel right? Um, more than it did about like pleasure and enjoyment because I was like at basketball tournaments and yeah. eating in transit a lot. Right. Um, and then, but like the thing is, is I was like a chubby kid growing up because I like, like my love of food runs very, very deep. Right. And I've always been like a broad shouldered last my whole life (laughs) and so I just like you know I think growing up I I have like an I have like incredibly curly hair like there's this uh like spectrum of curly hair (laughs) and like it goes from 1a to 4c right and I have a 4c texture so my hair is very very curly I have a lot of it and I always just wanted straight like Eurocentric yeah, hair yeah, growing yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and those kinds of things. And like, I like one time burned my hair out trying to straighten, straighten my hair it, yeah. with like oh, chemical, no. like just <laughs> madness, madness. That's for another day. Cause it's a crazy story. But, um, so I mean those, like uh, you grow up with, of course, European influences and unconscious stuff, you know, not seeing very mm. many black Barbies and all of those things. But, yeah. um, I, I think for myself, one of the things that, you know, now I like, I like when I look back on my childhood, those aren't the things that I think of. I'm sure at the yeah. time, there was a lot of times where I would probably wish I looked different, had a skinnier body, a different proportions. I mean, sometimes I wish I had bigger boobs. I'm being honest, <laughs> you know, but I think everyone looks in the mirror and says like, I, you know, there's something I could change. But now yeah. I think when I look back on my childhood, I just like remember the good times and like the innocence and, you know, the no bills and the mm-hmm. like no responsibilities. Like those are the things that I think of. But I'm sure growing up, I did have some of those feelings. Right. Um, but now I find that, um, you know, I have no problem with like really leaning into you know my blackness as far as like my hair and stuff is concerned the only reason I don't wear my hair in an afro is because it's just a ton of work okay yeah 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 very fast yeah I yeah (laughs) yeah but I think that when it comes down to like race and like that conversation my focus and I can only speak for myself Mm -hmm. is going forward is like looking forward and so how can we help how can we be having the conversations that are going to drive change? Yeah. How can I be a part of those conversations? Right. Um, and also, how can we pay forward this movement to people who are in the indigenous community? Because I think that mm-hmm. this conversation also applies to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And since we talked about your, your childhood, what was your favorite, or what still is your favorite recipe, something maybe your grandmother would have been making for you? Like, what's the recipe that brings back those warm fuzzy memories of of growing up and having that favorite meal made for you um so my grandma makes this thing called so no no i'm not talking about that one actually Callaloo, it's my favorite. Callaloo okay. is like a green gravy. It's made with like just like greens and 
okra and a bunch of other things my grandma puts into it and then you also add crab legs to it and then you just like have it over rice or something it's so good it's so good it's like one of my favorite foods um and every time I try to make it it's not as good you know (laughs) there's just like something missing yeah my aunt is also in it like so it's funny because my grandma and my aunt on my mom's side they're excellent cooks Mm -hmm. but my mom's not a great cook like my mom can cook but she's not like you know doing family favorites we'll say that okay okay yeah that would have been your grandma's (laughs) recipe um and i was gonna ask if you have the recipe that your your grandmother has been making um she's thankfully still alive and i do have the recipe but it's hard to get recipes out of grandparents period because it's it's all all a little of this a little of that you know you just use that thing that i use it's like (laughs) i don't know i need a specific measurement here exactly it's like because i was actually doing this uh segment for the maryland dennis show with Kalalu, and um my grandma kind of gave me measurements and then when i did it on the show. My aunt sent me a message. She's like, what recipe was that? I was like, the recipe that grandma gave me. She was like, that's not it. And I was like, I think she just wrote down anything. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like this. Take this one. Right. Um, so, I mean, eventually I'd figure it out. Like, my dream dream, the next thing I'm putting on the vision board is having, like, a show where I actually go to Trinidad and Barbados and, like, learn these recipes there. Oh, I, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's, I'd be into that. Yeah. No, that's a great concept for a show. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship. And they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Thank you to Jameson Vitamins for their support of this episode of The Brand is Female. Wellness is a lifelong commitment, and I'm always looking for ways to feel better and be healthier. My day starts with water and lemon, and one capsule of Jameson advanced hair, skin, and nails. It's a multivitamin that features a high-potency dose of biotin, and 21 other ingredients used to support beauty from the inside out. I get stronger nails while supporting hair growth and healthy, glowing skin. You can find these online, and when you use the code THEBRANDISFEMALE, you'll get 20% off everything at jamiesonvitamins.com. You're obviously someone, and and I'm especially interested in asking you, because food is such a a big part of your life. It's your professional life as well, but, um, you know, you've got your your cooking show you're doing. You're still doing TV appearances. You've got a lot of projects on the go. Um, This is your own business, and... I've brought up on the show before I hate the concept of you know work-life balance or balance because I feel like that's something that's imposed to women on top of everything else right but what Mm -hmm. else is part of your approach to wellness and and self-care again a word I'm not a huge fan of but how do you make it work (laughs) basically maybe a, a better word is you know what makes you feel grounded and what makes you feel good um in addition to how you you approach food which we've talked about so what are the other parts of that story for you Um, so for me, it's interesting because like, I find that I'm like energized and like, I, I like draw 
energy and stuff from like being with people. Mm-hmm. So before all of this COVID quarantine stuff happened, I was out all the time. Like I'm a very social person. Right. I would like say yes to anything just because I love to be open to opportunities. I really do. And you never know who you're going to meet. But I found that like it's a lot of energy also to be out, even though I'm energized by it. It's like a lot of energy to be out and, you know, contributing to a nice time. And so, but I've like, I realized through this like quarantine that, um, I do want to stay home more. Mm-hmm. I like home more. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that's like a new self-care thing I'm going to implement once we go back to some semblance of normalcy is that, you know, saying no to some things yes. yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, because having initially with like the quarantine, I was like really squirrely and like, oh my God, like I need to get out. Like I need to see my <laughs> friends, like doing yeah. every Zoom, every house party, every, every, everything. Uh-huh. Um and finding and finding myself exhausted though, like right. I'm still exhausted, and like have and being like having plans, and someone would be like, "We should talk on the phone." I'd be like, "Actually, I can't because I have this." And I was like, "How am I busier than ever?" Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm home still, and so I had to really just like look closely at that, and I realized that um, it's like one of those things that I imposed on myself is like be, like I have to go out, and there's no obligation there. Mm-hmm. So I think for self care for me is just to listen to those feelings. Like if I don't want to go, I'm just gonna not yeah. go. It's yeah. part of also not wanting to disappoint people. Yes. Um. So. Yeah. Just like realizing that self care isn't always like bubble baths and masks. And a candle. Sometimes it's just yeah. like saying yeah, yeah, and a candle. Sometimes it's just like saying like yourself. no, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't come out tonight. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I'm more, I'm more, I can relate to that. I'm working on that too. It's just not, not accepting every invitation and, and having time. That's just me time where I can recharge basically, which wasn't yeah. always obvious. So that's another silver lining of, of COVID. Um, exactly. Trying to find the silver linings. Mm, yeah, that's part of it too. <laughs> so also <laughs> want to ask you, um, and you've talked about some of the, you know, the, the, some of the projects, the dreams that you had that have come, that have become reality. There's some new projects um, on the on the vision board for you. What's your definition of success today? And if I had asked you the same question five years ago, maybe ten years ago, how different would the answer have been? Well, the answer would have been so much different before, just because I'm such a different person now. I've grown so much, and I can say that now just because, like, I truly feel it. But mm-hmm. five years ago, for me, success looked like having everyone think I was a success. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, getting the, like, recognition of people being like, oh, my God, you're so successful. Oh, my gosh, your business this, your business that. And, like, yeah. feeling uh, success to me was other people thinking I was successful. But then in, like... Uh, New Year's of 2018, I decided I was going to just, like, stop trying to live what other people thought was, like, what other people's vision for my life was because they thought I was good at this or good at that or whatever. And I just thought, if I'm going to get any opportunities from this point forward, I want them to be because of who I am, because me being myself, not me being any version of myself that I think people will like. I'm just being me. They like it, sweet. If they don't, they can lump it. That was it. Mm -hmm. And so I think now success to me looks like being successful and drawing attention, which is what I want. I love attention um, for like being myself, also being skilled, but also being myself Mm -hmm. as opposed to some like representation of what I think success is. Because honestly, when I moved here, I had no money. Um, I had no like no whispers of any opportunities or anything. And I don't know. I still just felt really badass because I like moved 
did a huge move in my 30s for something that was like wildly what some people thought was like out of touch and so like I think now success to me is just like having the balls to take chances and like continue to do that but also just be myself you know I think success looks different for everyone it's like a diet Mm -hmm. what success looks like to me might look different for you but the important thing about success as a definition to everyone is that it should be something that is centered on their core values and what they want as opposed to like what they think other people want for them yeah yeah oh yeah I you summed that up really well I, I love that definition um and I want to know about actually I'm gonna ask you that question now because I'll have a follow-up question and this is my favorite question to ask uh, women on a podcast and it's what do you wish women would do more of what do I wish women would do more of I wish women would just like know their worth like mm-hmm. there is an insane amount of women out here who are taking so much crap from men, from their friends, from their parents, from themselves, terrible to themselves. And I also just like, one of the things that I always, like for me, one of the biggest reasons that I've had a glow up and one of the biggest things that like is responsible for that is like starting to be nicer to myself. I realized that a lot of the ways that I let people treat me like that weren't necessarily the best and how I was treating other people Mm. were just because I was treating myself that way. I wasn't giving myself the benefit of the doubt. I was super, super critical of myself, downright mean to myself. So that's how I was presenting into the world. And that was also what I was getting back as an energy. Mm -hmm. But then when I like worked on myself and did therapy, so much self-help, so much, all of that crystals you name it moon circles (laughs) I've been there I've done it all right um but once you start to like really unpack your own bullshit and you start to be kinder to yourself which I am kinder more compassionate more empathetic I give myself the benefit of the doubt it's just that's the energy I carry out into the world it's also the energy I get back now Mm -hmm. so I think that's like the most important thing for women is like figuring out your worth again is it doing masks is it reading a book and posting it on Instagram it's doing like the really hard part about like asking yourself like am I the person that I want to be? Am mm-hmm. I a person that people want to be around? Am I a person that is, gets to live the life that like I want mm-hmm. on my vision board? The answer is no, then mm-hmm. work has to be done. But take the time to do the work. No man will fix you. No job will fix you. No bank balance will fix you. Only you can fix you, you know? Well, you, that was great because you actually answered my follow-up question and it was going to be, uh, you know, in addition to your wish for other women, what is it that you're working on? So you answered that already, which is great. Um, you've brought up to, um, I, I love that idea. You know, you talked about how um, in your definition of success, it was having the guts, having the, uh, you know, be, be daring, take those risks when it is what you're dreaming of and what it is you want to go after. So is that your approach to, um, uh, to business and your professional life? Is it a question of tapping into your intuition? How like how do you make sure you listen to that inner voice or figure out what it is that aligns with, you know, with that purpose for you? What's the process for connecting to that inner guidance? Um, well, I have a really good story about that. Uh, so I actually cut the tip of my thumb off in summer Mm -hmm. of 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is when I knew already that I did not want to be doing the Vitality Kitchen anymore, but I kept adding things because people were saying like, Bianca, you should do this. And I'm like, well, maybe that'll make me happy. Maybe that'll make me like this again. Or you should do this. And I do them. It's like, you know, maybe I'll like it again. So anyways, I was like prepping in the kitchen for a tasting for this like ready to eat pickup food service we were going to be doing, which 
I did not want to do, but I was mm-hmm. doing it because someone suggested it to me. Um, and I was cutting cabbage and like th- by myself. And I was just thinking about like how I like wished I was anywhere but there. And as I actually said anywhere but here, I like sliced into the cabbage so hard and caught the tip of my thumb with oh, it. Oh, wow. Oh, and oh. like if that's not a universal message... Yeah. I don't know what is. Quite literally. Um, And I say to people all the time, honestly, like the universe will give you like a tap, it'll give you a nudge, and it'll kick you in the ass. Mm -hmm. And that was my kick in the ass. And so driving to the hospital, because I had to drive myself to the hospital, like with my finger ratchets, like going through like every emotion. And I just like was at the hospital and the doctor was like sewing me up and I was like crying and telling him my story. And he's like, sounds like you just need to do something else. (laughs) I was like... This guy's on to something. I mean, I didn't actually process it because I was also dealing with, like, my thumb. And it was, like, my 30th birthday week right after that. And I was going to a cottage and I had to wear this, like, stupid glove all weekend. I was like, this sucks. But I feel like it's it, it was, like, that was the sign where I was just, like, from that point onward, when I get, like, a feeling to do something... If it's not like crazy, like jump off a bridge or something, or just like a feeling yeah. of like call that person, yeah. go to that thing, yeah. uh, you know, any of those things, I tend to do it if it's not like harmful in any way. Cause yeah. like, what's the harm in trying? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also think that the universe rewards people who try hard. And, you know, there's a whole thing of like, you don't wanna be a try hard, but like when it comes to like actual professional and like life success, you do wanna try hard at being yeah. like a good person and showing up really well for people. Because I think once you sort of get moving in like a positive direction as like a person and in your life, what you want to do and like what your path is will like present itself to you because you'll be ready. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't know what it's going to be until you're ready for it to show itself to you. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. Love that. Um, I also want to ask you about it's, it's typically I ask if there's, you know, a book that's really influenced you, um, and, an ideal book, a woman author that maybe you like, but could be another type of work, right? It could be a movie you've watched, a podcast that you enjoy. What would have been kind of an influential work for you that maybe you find yourself going back to read or to watch or to listen to again and again? Hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> I find that, um, like, I love documentaries about people who are like really passionate and like doing what they love and like rising to that so there's a really good documentary series on netflix called seven days out and it's i think eight episodes and um every episode is one thing so there's one episode and it's like chanel and carl lagerfeld pulling off like the Ocature show and it's just seven days out from that so it shows you what happens like seven days out six days out and it's just like one of those shows where you're like these are people that are like at the top of their game and this is what it looks like to be at the top of your game because I think sometimes people feel like oh it looks so easy and it's not always so easy and I think seeing that kind of stuff puts a real perspective on it it's also super inspirational yeah you yeah. know I it, love being inspired I also love reality tv but I also like to be inspired <laughs> it's funny you say that because some of the most inspiring documentaries I've watched on tv are related to food um, there's so many great ones because chefs and, and restaurant owners are typically very passionate about what they do, right? It's like you have a true passion for food, typically, if you go in that field. 
you know, if you're doing, yes. I don't know, if you're doing something else, it's not always out of a, of a real intense, you know, fire burning passion. But uh, typically <laughs> people who work in the in the food industry are passionate. And I swear I've watched, I think there was one, um, it was with the, the woman, I'm, I'm just blanking on her name, but the, the woman who started Milk Bar, um, you know. When, when oh, Christina Tosi. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The chef's table. Yes, it was on the chef's table. And she, watching her, and it was something, you know, it connects to her, you know, childhood memories and the, and the flavors. And, um, I mean, I, I bawled my eye, my eyes out during that documentary. (laughs) Just because her sheer passion for what she does was so inspiring. And like the drive. Well, the thing about culinary arts and anyone who is listening who aspires to do what I do or just like wants to have a restaurant all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is one of the toughest industries because you train for a while you know two years sometimes longer you have to get your hours and then you literally get out into the industry and make minimum wage in some cases which is hardcore and so you have to love (laughs) the culinary industry you really do you have to like have a passion for it because if you don't it will beat you down to Uh, the ground and because the pay isn't good i mean some jobs they'll beat you down to the ground but like you're making really good money so that kind of like every two weeks you're like oh i'm raised up again but with like the culinary arts it's like it can be a slog so love it and also have like just love it that's what i always say to people make sure you love it well and that was going to be actually my next question for you is your tips for anyone who's dreaming of a career you know related to food what's the best way of going about it I think one of the things for people to think about food now is it's so accessible to people, mm-hmm. which means that it's a, the, the industry is accessible to anyone. You can, you know, take a weekend course in like food styling photography and start like a really bomb Instagram and it could take off or it can lead to lots of different opportunities that you would never have thought of. I also think that um, having like a perspective you know, is really good right out of the gates. I actually teach food media at um, a college in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I always tell my students, you know, have like a perspective when you're coming out of school. Like even if you go to culinary arts, like education, I recommend that while you're in there, thinking of like, you know, what can I do in the industry that is either going to be like fresh or new or like my perspective and take on something that's Mm -hmm. new if you don't want to go like the work in someone's restaurant or hotel route but um i mean i think if you want to get started there's so many ways to start now it doesn't need to start with culinary school but i do think it needs to understand with a basic foundation of like cooking and recipe creation and recipe interpretation and those kinds of things like fundamentals read you know some julia child Mm -hmm. escoffier wouldn't kill you to learn some french techniques um because i always say in order to like you know really riff on something you have to know it really well first right that's why school is beneficial but it's not necessary some people like teach themselves like Martha Stewart is self-taught, so right there yeah. you go. It's always possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I have a, a trick question for you to to finish our conversation. It's uh, it's we're talking. It's about lunchtime now. I want to know what did you have for mm-hmm. breakfast today, and what's going to be for lunch? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I love this question because like I love talking about food. So I start my day very routinely. So I always start with like a celery juice. Oh, it's good yeah. for your skin. And I'm like working on my skin right now. So are you making um, the celery juice yourself or do you buy it pre-made? Yeah, okay. I make it myself. I was like doing the buying. But it was costing me a fortune. It Even, is. you know, yeah. the most abundant among us, it's yeah. kind of like you just start, start to see it's, the it's price tag. It's a lot for like, celery, okay. let's be honest. It's a lot for celery. It's like I can get the same amount for like $4 worth of celery yeah. that I'd pay like $30 to buy. Right. It's like, no. Yeah. Just I can, I can put a little effort. Also, yeah. also, I've had the time. So right. I start my celery juice and then I have um, an oat milk latte and I got um, a milk frother that I'm like obsessed with. Yeah. So I froth some oat milk and then I just like heat some oat milk and then I pour it over coffee. Oats are good for your skin as well. People are listening. Yeah. Um, and then I had oats made in oat milk before we started our conversation. I'm going to have Ooh. a salad with chicken after this. Thank you for speaking with me. Loved all the insights. Um, looking course. forward to seeing the cooking show, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Yes. Thank please. you so much, Bianca. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you did, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Huge thanks to Jamieson Vitamins, our episode partners for today. My personal approach to health and nutrition is all about balance. And I know as part of my routine, the right supplements can make a world of difference. To maximize your everyday health, check out Multivitamins for Women from Jamieson to help support your overall health, including immune function, metabolism, and healthy skin. These vitamins provide additional nutritional support to address common women's health concerns, including vitamin D for bone health. Jameson offers a different multivitamin for women of all ages and life stages, from prenatal to women 50 plus. Don't forget to use the hashtag HereForHerHealth to increase Jameson's donation to the Canadian Women's Foundation. And use code THEBRANISFEMALE to get 20% off your next purchase from jamesonvitamins.com. For more information on how you can win a customized Jameson tote bag filled with seven products from their women's health line, head to our Instagram page at the brand is female.